Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of Goblin Lore. This episode features our final guests from GP Minneapolis back in August. Matt and Jen of Jackal Costuming, here to talk to us about the art of cosplay for our second cosplay episode so far. You'll notice again that the quality of the recording is a little bit off because we had to record in the convention hall. There was a lot of communication and talking around us from people actually playing in the events. And then there were actual loudspeakers being announced over, so you'll catch some of those announcements in the background. We really apologize. We tried to eliminate as much of that background noise as possible. Some of it just isn't able to be cut out. Without any further ado, let's get to the show. That for me, it's such a visually striking medium. It's something that we were mentioning before. Aunt Tessator of Snack Time Cast talks about cosplay as one of the elements of the Oracle, people who bring Magic the Gathering from a game into the real life. And so that to me is just this cool you know, beautiful way of of taking what we love and representing it in the real world. So, without any further ado, let's have everybody introduce themselves. So, please tell us who you are, uh, where you can be found on the Twitter, and a character or a card that really speaks to something about you that you'd want to identify with. Uh, I'm Matt Wardle, um, again, part of uh, at Jackal Costuming. Uh, My individual uh, Twitter is at Scrapper Ferret. For me, the, the first character that I did and um, the one that I'd say I do more often uh, is Jace. Um, he, he resonates a lot with me, and, and when I started getting you know, into the game, you know, I kind of started learning, okay, you know, what does each color do? I'm like, oh, you know, blue is you know, a lot of countering and, and whatnot, and uh, learning more about how he is um, really, I'd say, highlights a lot of how I grew up and how I you know, matured over time and just a lot of the psychological aspects of what Jace is, because I think he's you know, incredibly misunderstood in terms of, uh, you know, is he smarmy? Yeah, sometimes. Is he arrogant? Yeah, sometimes. But that covers up a lot of the, I'd say, deficiencies and hardships that he dealt with. You know, and those are kind of, you know, in some ways defense mechanisms, but there's a lot of fragility underneath with him. That you know, you know, I exude in when I do the character. Although I'd say when I do the character, I'm much more smarmy. Yeah, like, everyone's like, well, "What do you got?" I'm like, "Well, I, I think that's how he survives as Jace." That makes sense. That's, that's your Jace defense mechanism. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was gonna say that's like a whole other episode. Jace's defect defense yeah. mechanism. <laughs> Even though I'm gonna throw it out there right now, it's obviously projection is his number one. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey. <laughs> That's two puns. Yeah, That's two. I mean, your pun counters at two. I counters at two. Dang. I'm Jen, and I'm the other half of Jackal Costume, and I do most of the sewing and a lot of the crafting and stuff, and um, just because I have the time. Um, and we all have photos up of a lot of this too. Just, I mean, we know people may have seen it, but just it's just incredible work. Thank yes. you. Um, I, I, I. I I got into magic like a long time ago and then I got out of it and then I got back into it because of him because he, he wanted to be Jace so I'm like oh well, okay <laughs> so and then then I don't play so much but I'm getting back into playing now so it's getting there but uh, I guess 
actually the first character I really identified with was Danitha because it's the first time I looked at a character and said, I kind of look like this character and I'm going to do it. I did that costume. I'm pretty happy with it. So. It's not going to last forever, but... And I'm Alex uh, on Twitter at AlexanderNewM. And I think the, the card I'm going to talk about is not so much a personal identification, but Desolation is the first card that was like my favorite card. It's the first card that I really, really liked the art. And I started playing in 94, so this came... Uh, 2001 so it, it and I enjoyed the game and the art was neat but this was really the first card that had art that just I loved the so that is a card that stuck with me I'm Hobbs Q and I can be found at Hobbs Q on Twitter yeah and I, I mean I'm gonna take a creature here that's not really a named creature to, for, for mine I mean it is a named creature but it's not a legendary it's not really that uh, for some of the same reasons that you were just talking about Alex Psychotalk um, I just, it, it was such a different mechanic and way to kind of try to win a magic game that it really stuck with me. Like, oh. And I'm Joe Redman. You can find me on Twitter at Findhorn, F-Y-N-D Horn. And I have a character, I have a creature that's kind of similar, my rationale is fairly similar to you, Matt, is uh, Chainer was my first character that I really loved and identified with because similarly he experiences so much psychological confusion and and you know dealing I mean he deals with literally his darkest thoughts turned you know turned real and um, you know we talked about mental health on this show before and and for me that was something that I dealt with a lot in my life is you know that sort of thing and so you you see that that moment of your, whether it's your strength or your weakness in a character reflected, you find that thing to tap into. And that, for me, was what I saw with Chainer. And I think that's actually a great chance for us to talk more about, you were saying that process of identifying with Jason, your stories about why you identify with Jason. And it seems like there is some rationale for why you choose the characters you choose to cosplay as. It's not just, I mean, maybe sometimes it's, this will look cool right? This oh, yeah. is going to be a fun crafting challenge. Yeah. But is there, for you guys, is there the next level for each of them? Are there some that it is just, you know, you go, no, I want to do that because it's going to look sweet. Isn't that how you got into a Johnny? <laughs> kind of. Uh, I mean, a, a Johnny is... Um, Everybody a, loves a Johnny. Yeah, as I've learned more about him, um, you know, a lot of people have started, you know, and, and I don't know if it's common within the uh, the community as as at whole, um, but a lot of people started referring to him as Cat Dad because he really kind of looks out for everyone, you know, and it's like, oh, by the way, I told you this was going to happen. Did you listen to me? No. So I'm going to let you figure this out, you know, or, um, you know, just to really take care of yourself. Um, you know, as I've I, uh, done discussions with someone on a Johnny before, you know, the, the earlier versions of a Johnny, you know, very fiery, hot-headed, you know, vengeful and, and, and aggressive. Um, and me as a child was very athletically competitive, you know, quote unquote bloodthirsty. You know, I was the kid, it's like, oh, you know, you stole the ball from me, so, <laughs> you know, uh, here, here comes a little payback, you know, and, you know, it was very just straightforward, you know, win at all costs, you know, and, and do what it takes. But as he got older and matured and sees, you know, the world as a bigger, you know, entity and whatnot, and really becoming more of a mentor, a teacher. Um, I, I'm, I'm a dad, you know, I'm actually a father, my son's 12. Um, you know, and there are a lot of things that, you know, I try and impart on him and, you know, teach him. And, you know, he started getting into magic a little bit, 
and we're both ADHD. You know, so he wanted to be like dad and be blue white control trash like I am. Um, <laughs> you know, but just you know, shaking her head. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, when, when an eight year old's, fa- you know, you know, at that time, you know, an eight or nine year old's favorite phrase is in response. You know, you know, you know, something's going on. Um, but I, you know, we we played a little bit more here and there. Next week, yeah. yeah, I started teaching him aggro because it's a little bit more straight line, a little more. You know, let's let's get to the point. Let's burn it down. Um, but, you know, trying to teach him how to be a good winner, how to be a good loser, yes. you know, and, uh, you know, when I grew up, I was a very sore loser. I'm still not that great at it, but I've <laughs> taken it in stride, and I always impart to him the two most important words in this game and in life are, it happens. You can't account for everything. You can try to, but you can't. And then the other phrase I, I tell him is, adapt and adjust. You know, if something goes wrong, you know, you didn't get to hang out with your friend, adapt and adjust. You know, so in that regard, I've become way more cat dad than Jace in that regard. So that, you know, to me, I really have grown to love a Johnny. Yeah, that really plays off of, I mean, the the whole idea of acceptance within psychology. I mean, it's the idea that you can focus on what happened, but you can't change what happened. So we're going to move on with that happened. And instead of using the word but we're yeah. going to use the word and. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, it happened, I can't hang out with my friend, and, okay, yeah. let's, what can I do instead? How yeah. can I move forward from this? And like you said, it's adapting and it's adjusting. Right. It's not getting rid of what happened. It's not trying to change it. It's yep. just trying to say, what can I do now? Yeah, you know. <laughs> my whole life. Yeah. So you know. very present moment focused. Yeah. Well, because well, I'm narcoleptic, so I, I can't work because I can't stay awake. Mm. So I sit at home and it, I make things. Yeah. yeah, I can't drive. I can't. I can't do much. So I, I make things. That's how we got here. So I started making things, and he's like, "So let's make this." And I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it. Why not?" He buys me tools. I make things. I mean, it's cool. No, I mean, and like you said, it's kind of allowing them for the fact that you know what could be a limitation and mm-hmm. could lead to kind of despondency, and, and has yeah. for a lot of people is is using that as a strength and then doing it so that you can still enjoy what you guys get to come and do and share with others, which is just, I mean, your, your Stormcrow's cosplay is amazing. The mask itself alone, I just... I didn't make that, so I just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but just finding, I mean, it's, yes. it's, to me, it's all the crafting pieces. It's finding it's the right piece. Too. It's acquisition. The, I mean, we're going to have this stuff up for people to see, but it, it is, it's just the fact that you're able to do that on your own schedule means that you get to come to an event like this and we get yeah. to see you. Yeah. It seems like adapting and adjusting is kind of going to be a theme for us here. That's that's a very similar thing that you guys are saying is your part of your process. I'm, I'm curious, too, as we talk about the crafting aspect of it, since that's where your, your biggest inroad into this is, um, you know, we were talking with we were talking with Olivia and Sydney about, you know, some of the stuff like running around needing threat, this thing popped, or your short circuit in your lights. How do you deal, you know, what's your process for, for crafting, assembling the materials, for dealing with those things that you can't plan for at events or stuff like that? I, I actually, I bring, okay, everywhere we go, we, we, we went to an anime con once where I just finished a costume for him and we put it on and first time out, the zipper came right off. Not a sewing error, the zipper just flew off. And if I, if, if anyone could have seen my face when it happened, because I'm just like, of all the things that could happen. So we didn't have a way to fix it at that time, 
but we were still pretty new. Yeah. And now it doesn't matter where we go. I have what I call a crash kit that has like snaps and hot glue and pins and needles and thread and everything that I would need to fix anything we have. Wow. Except my lights. I can't, I, I have Sundry to take like all the, the armor thing, apart yeah. to, to fix those. So I'm just like, well. I'm curious if there's been, since we're on this adapt and adjust, has there been a change for you from when you first started? You talked about that moment of horror in your face when the zipper just flew off. I mean, did that used to maybe tilt you a little bit more? Or? Oh yeah, I have terrible anxiety. So the idea that something like that would happen again, like just gets to me. Mm. Like, Johnny has had several uh, still failures. Yeah, failures in the last few GPs, so he really stresses me out. But I mean, we adjust, you know. Yeah. We fix the stilts, we fixed whatever. We, you know, he uh, at Vegas we couldn't fix the stilts, so he walked around without them, and nobody yeah. cared. I mean, right. it's just like, oh, look, yeah. it's Cat Dad. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and for me, I'd say you know maybe six or seven years ago. I would have been not furious, but just really more despondent, more like I can't believe this bleeping happened, and I don't even want to wear it, and blah 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 blah. Um, but you know that you know when it popped, I mean the whole brace came out. I for a moment I'm going, oh my god, I'm going to break my ankle. I'm actually going to break my ankle. And you know everyone kind of you know, grabbed me under the underarm really and propped me up. I'm like, okay, good, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, and then we took it off, and I, you know. Let's adapt and adjust. I'm just gonna go have fun. It's like, all right, you can either see my shoes or take a shot from the shins up. All right, looks great. You know, I'm a lot shorter now, but you know, um, and and who's, even as, who's to say though that Johnny doesn't wear Keds or something? I right? mean, come on, right. he's gotta he's gotta have like fashionable and comfortable shoes. I'm I was trying to think of like, I I, I would guess he would wear Pumas. Uh, <laughs> yes, no. oh man, I really took that into account and you know you even said that it made a big difference in your demeanor that I didn't lose my cool oh yeah because I I would have totally lost it you know and you know so yeah right one busted in Vegas like okay great we repaired it then the left one busted in Pittsburgh I'm going (laughs) are you kidding me but you know hey yeah but we we were at least able to fix the one in Pittsburgh we Um, wrapped tape around it right but okay. I, you know, back to the to the larger question: Has it changed over time? Absolutely. You know, in in what's available to us at any given time. And like I said, DragonCon has repair stations. I'd say with the GPs, though, it depends on the size of the GP and how many people are there. Like Vegas, you know, there were you know 19, 20 plus of us there. So it's like, hey, this went wrong. Who knows how to fix it? Who has the materials to fix it? You know, same with Seattle. You know, Pittsburgh, yeah, it was like four or five of us. That's a small one, you know. Yeah. So, you know, again, we were local. Like, okay, if we really needed to something, you know, we go home, come back later the next day. You know, it is what it is. Um, but that, I think, is how a lot of the cosplay community at large is developing more that way in terms of camaraderie going, hey, I know how to do this. You know, it's, it's almost like its own weird, or bar- weird barter system where you don't really have to give anything back. It's like, you know what? If you need a favor, you did me a solid. I got you. You know, right. I, you, you know, you've been there. I got you. You, you know, any you know way, shape, or form, we all pay it back to one. You know, it one seems another. like it is a pretty small but close knit community of creators. Is that what you guys find too? At least for, for <laughs> magic, yeah. Um, not a huge cosplay scene in magic so most of us know each other in some way 
or we've connected in some way. And this is not even just like the U.S. It's like cross country. I mean, Nadine, obviously not from the U.S. The the girl from Mexico. Yep. Dom is from Switzerland as yeah, well. So I you mean, know, it's friends up in Canada. You know, it's yeah, it's it's really branched out. But we wow. all kind of at least know of each other, even if we haven't met in person. Right. And, and there, when you branch out and you go to like other cons and and do other things, it's not nearly as close knit. I mean, you still have the people who think cosplay is entirely a competition, and it's not. <laughs> it is not. It is not a uh, compliment to say you are so much better than that guy. It's like that's that's not cool. So, but I mean, as cosplayers grow and adapt, they also learn that it's better to make friends than enemies. I mean, it's it's a shared creative space, yeah. right? I mean, that that's kind of what I was mentioning, trying to bring up before too, with that bringing bringing the game into the real world is. There's there's kind of that shared responsibility. I, I feel like not not only just two between you know the whole cosplay community, but for any content creators, for us as podcasters, for you know the artists, for anybody who is doing that stuff. There's that there's a little bit of that sort of responsibility to take care of this. My approach to anything is be kind. Um, I'd much rather you know be nice to someone than you know, be mean to someone who possibly could have been a good friend, you know, so, and if, if somebody's like mean to me or rude to me, I just, yeah. that's it, cut them off and walk away, I don't bother with it, I, I don't have the fortitude for that. So. Right, and, and not to throw Sid under the bus, and I don't know if she mentioned this story, but we met Sydney at Gen Con oh, in yeah. 2016, was it? I think so. One or the other. Yeah. We went to Gen Con and we had uh, done... All right, when I say we, I mean Jin, because <laughs> I can't... I'm just the meatbag who wears the jinx, you know. I I did some fabric painting on some of that stuff, and I made a medallion or two, but, you know, that, that that's all <laughs> her, and that coat is a tank. We made it out of faux leather, you know, and we, we specifically bought a heavy-duty machine because, you know, one of her army of sewing machines couldn't handle it, so we're like, all right, let's get this, and, you know, there's one part where it's, it's four layers of that, faux that leather. That stuff and, is thick. It's like... It's, it's gnarly. Um, <laughs> you know, by the end of the day, my right shoulder actually hurts because it's it's a good, what, 15 pounds? It, it's pretty heavy. It, it's it's, it's not delicate. I have to hold it above my head to right. keep it off the ground. You know, so, yeah. yeah, so we wore, you know, I wore that to Gen Con, and Sid did the same costume. But I think she made hers out of more cloth. It, yeah, it's a fabric, and she hates it. You know. And so she had, she had commented that she hated that coat. And then someone, one of her friends had seen ours around, and she wasn't even going to come out of the, the hotel room with it because she was all, you know, she was upset about it. I was like, but I'm really glad that she did because we connected over how much we hated that coat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, she came up to it and said, you know, I, you know, I was upset I didn't want to wear it, but I did it anyways. And, and it's great. now we've forged an incredibly good friendship. And it's because we interpreted the costume in two different ways. Part of the, part of cosplay is, well, how accurate do I want to be versus how comfortable do I want to be? You know, it's like that triangle. If you can have it fast, you can have it accurate, and you can have it right, and you only get two of the three. It's kind of the same thing, you know, with, with cosplay. It's like, all right, you know, what are you going to sacrifice? You know, like, hey, I'm wearing a Johnny, right? You know, what am I sacrificing? I am sacrificing comfort because I'm, <laughs> you know, warm as heck is in this thing. You know, but... Um, 
you know, she interpreted it differently. And that's perfectly fine because it's how I still how think you, hers looks great, too. So. I do, too. And it's how you want to present it. Um, and now we've forged an incredibly good friendship and partnership with her to do things. And, we, you know, we originally weren't going to come to this one. We were planning on doing, like, Denver and Atlanta. And she goes, hey, you know, you really got to come to Minneapolis. So we're like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll toss those. We'll not do those. We'll come to Minneapolis. And, and it's just been an incredible experience. It's been, it's been so good. You know, and then, you know, because of that, you know, Olivia went to Vegas last year, and she didn't know any of us. And now, you know, we just keep fostering this group. It gets stronger. We all have different, again, we all have different skills. We all have different abilities, and we all, you know, push that. I mean, she does metalworking. We do 3D modeling and printing. You know, we do all sorts of different parts of fabrication. It's like, who needs what? I got you covered. Here's how you do it. And that's that to us is what we want to build, and why, you know, bringing that to magic and having the you know environment accept it, and you know want to indulge more of it. You know, I mean, look, we know first and foremost the game is paramount, and that's fine because without the game, where are we? You know, so you know. I wanted to start playing competitively, realized I didn't have the time, I'd say resources, or you know, really, I didn't have the mental capacity to grind that out all the time. So I decided to turn my attention towards this. It's interesting, and one of the things, I, I tend to, I go to a lot of literary cons and stuff, so it's really interesting. Uh, Lou Anders is the editor of Pyre, it's a science fiction fantasy imprint, uh, one of the biggest independent ones. And one of the things he was saying at a con, like literally talking to another editor, he's like, we're not competition. I can't publish enough books to keep my readers busy, so you have to publish books so that my readers can read your stuff to keep them in the genre. And I think that applies to a lot of stuff in Magic, a lot of content creators and cosplayers. We're not competition because we are stronger together, working together, building those relationships. Seeing the same costume done two different ways, we were talking with uh, Sydney and Olivia about that same sort of element and seeing, like, you know, sort of how we've talked in the past about different perspectives on characters, and, and you can see that through artists who will do two different art for the same card in the game. Um, do you feel like that is ever, if, if you show up to a GP and there's another Johnny or there's another Danitha or something like that, if you know, is there a, a disconnect for you as, you know, as a cosplayer, you, you know, how much of this is that, that performance element of like, this is the, you are acting like you're in the world there, or are you there to present the craft? Are you there to present something for the people? I mean, what's, what's your take on that? I, I don't act as much as everyone else, I think. Um, so I, if I see someone in the same costume, I'm going to go talk to them and I'm going to be like, so how did you make this? And I made it this way and this is amazing. And you learn things from each other from doing different things. Um, the, the occasion that I do act, it's more of a joke because Danith is a white knight. So we, we make all the white knight <laughs> jokes because it's, it's hilarious, you know. And people like take pictures. They're like, can you just like cut my head off and like... 
I'm a white knight for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you also talked about sort of the, you know, the game is paramount. We take from the game to, to create the costumes. But I, I'm curious, too, what's the decision-making process if you do decide to alter something from the original art or a character description? Oh, 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 have you, oh, have you oh. ever, you oh, know... okay, yeah, so... Again, back to Jace's awful coat. <laughs> I love this Every story. art of that coat is different. Mm. And none of it shows the whole thing. So we, we collected as much of the artwork as we could, and we stared at it. And I actually got halfway through making it, and I go, you know what? This looks like there's a butt flap, which is entirely different from how we were building it. And he's looking at it and goes, you know, you might be right. <laughs> so we got um, new fabric and started over. So I've actually made that awful coat twice. That, that night in li- involved a lot of... A lot of swearing. A lot and of swearing and <laughs> and tears. But it comes down to when you're looking at artwork and all the artwork looks different because every artist has their own flair Mm. every cosplayer is the same thing we're artists in a different manner but we're still adding our own thing to everything so like okay Sid's coat is different from his coat but they're still technically the same coat yeah ours is just more based on which one did we base it on the most Um. Max no, because she does the gold trim. We didn't do the gold trim one. We were going to, though. We, just yeah, we were going to, and it's like, no, 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 let's not do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a conglomeration, I think, of two or three. We um, actually ran into the guy who designed the coat. I've been waiting for this one. In um, Gen Con. It, at Gen Con. What? Yeah, so he came up to us. He's like, oh, somebody told me you were here, and I, so he wants to get a picture. I'm like, oh, sure, and I'm, I stand out of the way because I was not in costume. And... He, he looks at me and goes, so I actually designed this coat, and I have, I have a bone to pick with you, sir, because fabric does not work this way. And he's like, but you made it. I said, I did. It is held together by wishes and black magic. <laughs> I, that's the part with, with costumes that, that really... Artists have the ability to be free and go... Bleep physics. Yeah. Right. yeah. There are yeah, things cares? like, there is no way no way these things would be practical for wear, use, manufacturing, or whatnot. And you think and go, well, and then they look at you. That's where it's on Earth physics. Right. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, touche. Yeah. 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 Again, wishes and black men. Right. 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 And, and, and you know, now I want to know the space yeah. Can I just ask, what the were you thinking? <laughs> you know, when, Great job, by the way. You know, <laughs> self-censoring. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I do it very often. You know, I've, I've, only, I've only recently started exposing my son to, you know, Daddy's blue side, you know, because you know, <laughs> kids in school, you know, it's like eh, he's already he's already learned all the words, you know, and, and you know, the side of you know, the side conversation is, I know you know the words. Here's the important part: learn where and who you <laughs> yes, use them right. around. It's like okay, <laughs> so, you know, but <laughs> there is that. But it, it, it's it's astounding in in how cosplayers go. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna find a way to make this work, yeah. and then they do. Yeah. And that to, that, to me, is the most mind-blowing part. You know, her strength is, um, you know, she can think in 3D, and she'll go, oh, all right, I'll just do this, this, and this. And, you know, she designed the armor. I fabricated it. But she put it together, and I go, 
wait a minute, what's... She goes, no, if you do it with this curve... No, and, and I give the German Shepherd... <laughs> a complete side head tilt. And she goes, let me show you. And then she shows me and I go, oh, okay. And my brain's like, I still don't get it, man. You know, it's like, and then and I'm like, okay, I'll trust you. And then, and then it comes out. And then uh, you know, a, a, another cosplayer goes, oh my God, that curve is so on point. I'm going... I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I just glued it together and painted it. So I am curious what the Jace, the guy who made Jace's coat, what kind of reaction was to all of this. I mean, I love the fact that he like sought he, you out. He loved it. Like, I don't know if he talked to Sid or not that weekend, but when he came, he was like really, really happy to see it and everything. Yeah. He, he like poked at it and looked at it and I'm like, yeah, okay. To, to, to me, getting... Getting artist recognition and approval is just, that to me is penultimate, you know, respect within this community. And can, should I tell the story about the pecs? There is an artist, and there are pictures out there, so I don't feel bad in revealing her name. Um, no, no, it's fine. Therese Nielsen. She uh, shared pictures. Yeah, she shared pictures. Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the... Uh, the, the card that she did, she, she did art of a Johnny. Mm. And we took pictures. And we have pictures. She's like... She was so fascinated. And She's like, like you're so soft. This is stupidly fluffy. You know, and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I mean, she, you know, she sewed in these abs and these, you know, muscles. I mean, these are all, you know, like, really tangible. Yeah. Uh, Hobbs is legit going to, to pet Matt right like, now. That's... Yeah. That's that happening. Yeah. That's yeah. happening. You know, and when she I'm posted, more of a dog guy. <laughs> you know, and when she posted pictures, she's like the stature and the you know musculature you know, kind of stuff of this. That's I'm like, I'm done. I I peaked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was even before we finished the armor. Yeah, yeah, that was a Johnny Vengeance. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how I branded it. It's a Johnny Vengeance. I made a nice little necklace, and I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> so it's like, dang! I hope people buy this. Yeah. And they did because yeah. nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> they were just like, "This looks awesome." That's you know? And uh, you know, when artists respect what you've done as a different art medium, it, that just—that's wild for me. Yeah. Well, that kind of gets us to a bigger question too of, of general, I guess, community response to the work you guys do. I mean. We, we talked a little bit about this last episode as well, but we don't have to go into the whole online thing that yep, yep. happened, yep, you yep. know, recently. Yes. But there has been, anyway. yeah, <laughs> there, there's been, you know, a, a very small but aggressive and belligerent and bullying part of the online community that has responded to cosplay negatively. I, do you guys find, I'm assuming, from what you're telling us, you, that that's not at all been the case at GPs or cons or any Absolutely of that? Absolutely not. And, I mean, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you guys, if you've at all had to deal with that online, or, and if so, how do you process that for yourself and, and take care of yourself, you know? Um, see, we all got called thoughts once. <laughs> yeah. Which was, uh, you know, an experience. <laughs> but, I mean, in person, we haven't had any problems. Uh, mostly just people coming up to us and saying, wow, this is really wild, and it brings, like, a new layer of immersion to the the game and it's like you guys are awesome it's like yes please the, because the vocal minority is always loud right so if we we always ask people like if they really enjoy seeing the cosplay 
just, you know, if you see a feedback thing, survey to fill out, just comment on it. Yeah. So they know that, you know, like this isn't just get being wasted or anything. So it's been good. Yeah. I, I mean, um, yeah, because I'd say I'm more on the, the rarer side because there, there's not a ton of male cosplayers in, in this group. Um, I'd say the one that I've gotten the most negative feedback on is definitely a Johnny. Um, yeah, it's different looking, you know. So, yeah, I've caught a little bit of online flack for that. A little bit of in-person, not too much. But, you know, at this point in my life, I'm like, all right, really? I don't care. Um, you know, if anything, I'm more critical about, you know, how do we fix parts that we don't like? You know, like, <laughs> if someone gives us legitimate criticism, I will listen to that all day long. But if someone goes, you suck, you're a cosplayer, you suck. If you don't like cosplay, I can actually, I respect the heck out of that. If, honestly, if you don't think it commu- uh, contributes to the community at large, I can, I can accept that too. You know, I, I think we're, I, I think, you know, misconception is, people, you know, some people will say, you, this is a massive drain. No, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not even close to a drain on, you know, the, uh, well, because you, you, you guys aren't, just to make sure, you guys aren't paid by Wizards or anything to come here. Like, you come here of your own free will. Nobody buys a plane ticket for you except you guys, right? Yeah. I mean, this isn't a sponsored yeah. thing. It's not a drain on yeah. the well, community. Technically, by some friends. of us are sponsored. Yeah. We get okay. product. That's all yeah. we get. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah, and there, there are some, you know, I would say differing levels of what you're doing and how much you're involved with it. You know, like, um, you know, some people kind of like formerly contracted to do oh, sure. some things, you know, and specific events, there have been, I mean, there have been yeah. definitely promotional things, but yeah. people, to me, it just, it ignores completely the idea that Wizards is a company, and we've talked about this yeah. with, with some of our things, is there's a lot of complaints about things that Wizards does, that people are ignoring the fact that it is what allows the game to keep yeah. going, and it's more than just a game. Right. That's why there's something for everybody, and why right. we love magic. The, the best story that we've got from this weekend, and, and I, I don't know if it's typical, and you know, I wouldn't say that you know we're not bringing in thousands of people to play the game, you know. But we ran into a woman who was here for a graduation. She ran into us in our costumes, saying, "Hey, what are you here for?" We explained, you know, they're doing a, a tournament, and we do costumes for it, whatnot. She goes, "Oh, that's really cool." Lo and behold, the next day we run into her again. She goes, "You know, I actually I went over there." and I found someone from the event and they taught us how to play and now I'm in. We like to be ambassadors, you know, and, and, and with ambassadorship comes different levels of it. You're, you're definitely more of an artistic and I'd say creative ambassador. I'm, I'm an entertainer who never became an entertainer. So I like to go out, engage, you know, I'll work the prize wall for hours and I will just heckle the direct heck out of people. It's like, who wants to spend, you know, spend all your tickets with Jay? You know, I'll just carry on, you know, and uh, people are like, can I have? I'm like, I don't know, can you? You know, the you know, you know and I, so I'll go out and entertain, like, you know, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, and that's what, you know, we want to bring to the community, you know. So, yeah, it, it's frustrating to see it sometimes because you know, a lot of it becomes nonsensical, non sequitur even, you know, kind of criticisms and, you know, uh, allegations and whatnot. And, uh, you know, at some point it's like, look, I know you're out there, you know, you do you, okay. 
Yeah. yeah and Once again, bringing us back kind of to the beginning of this is that acceptance piece. It's kind of like that's just that is the way that it is. We can let that stop our enjoyment or we can just work around it. I mean, it's still going to bother us. Yeah. Once again, it's not a matter of trying to get rid of the feelings or say that the emotions aren't okay to have or be appropriate to right. have. You're going to have them. Emotions yeah. are emotions. Yeah. Moving away from even getting people to label emotions is good and bad. Um, those are categories. It also gets away from the idea, even the positive negative. I actually move to, I try to teach emotions as helpful and unhelpful. Because it's not the emotion that's a problem, it's what you do in response to right. that emotion. Yeah. And emotions are natural. If I try to tell you, your mother just passed away, you should not feel sad. Bereavement is not okay. You're like, that's a bad emotion. That's a negative emotion. Because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, that okay. Make yeah. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. It's the question of, do you now withdraw and not do anything? Yeah. Or do you let yourself feel that sadness and yeah. then move on and do something yeah exactly it sounds like yeah what you guys do with that is is instead take it redirect it and go back into this is why we do what we do so i, I kind of want to end this our, our episode here with just a, a last little a last little question if, if somebody comes up to you and says whether it's i want to maybe start getting into cosplay or whether it asks you like what is cosplay about and why is it important to magic in general? You know, what's what's your elevator pitch? What's your, this is why I do it and why it's important to me? For me, because I don't play a lot, uh, I have terrible anxiety playing games. And it's because of, you know, these vocal idiots at local game stores. I cosplay because I feel like that this is what I can do for the community. And then there are other people who have come up to me at a GP saying, you know, like, I tried to play, but I just can't do it. And, you know, so it's nice to see that there are other things going on and you don't have to just be, like, in the main event or, you know, here to discuss magic in all cards, 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 cards. Like, right. there's other facets of it. There's art. There is the performance. There's there's a lot of things going on. So that's, to me, that's it. It's inclusion. Yeah, I mean... It, like I said, you know, I tried to start play competitively, just couldn't do it, you know, so getting in this way and I still want to contribute to the environment, I still want to contribute to the community, you know, um, I still play now and then, you know, and, and sometimes if you decide, hey, I want to learn and you just play casual and you have like a group of just three or four friends and that's it and that's all you ever play with. That's perfectly fine too. You know, you're still engaging with it. And if you never played a game in your life and all you want to do is appreciate the art and expand on your artistic talents or, you know, writing, whatever, it, it, it adds something to the community. Um, and, and that, you know, I always keep looking at some of these GPs and go, you know, to make it more truly like a con. And it's difficult. It's extremely difficult because, again, the game is paramount. If there is no game, you can't have a con. So you have that stuff for the people that are like, you know, I just want to come. I want to play. I don't care about interacting with cosplayers. I don't care about interacting with artists. That element exists and should exist because the game does need to survive. However, there are people like me who go... I'm never going to have the time or mental, you know, stamina to play, you know, like nine, ten rounds. I just can't do it. And what can we do to make this a more, you know, open environment for you to engage in and have, you know, and this is where it gets difficult and legally difficult, 
craftspeople who go, okay, I made all this stuff, eh, you know, can I, can I not sell, whatever, but it needs to be celebrated, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, there's some companies that embrace that much more than others. Um, that's, you know, what I love about, you know, magic. It's, it's just a, it's really a different universe. You know, we do uh, we do things from other properties. We love Overwatch. Oh yeah. But Blizzard is just massive. I mean, it's gargantuan. You know, but there's always you know games where you can play. You know, like FPS games or you know capture like this is just its own beast. Thank you two so much it's for coming on. Life. It has oh, been absolutely. incredible. It's a gruel life. Pun counter at four. Is it a gruel life? That's our show. You can find Matt and Jin on Twitter at Jackal Costuming. Matt can be found at Scrapper Ferret on Twitter. And Jin can be found at Scratch Kitty. You can find the podcast at Goblin Lore Pod on Twitter or email us any questions, comments, or concerns at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. Joe Redman can be found at Findhorn on Twitter. Hobbs Q can be found at Hobbs Q. And Alex Newman can be found at Alexander Newham. The Goblin Lore Podcast is a member of the Geek Therapy Network. Geek Therapy is a network of like-minded content creators in a variety of nerd spaces that seek to use hobbies and gaming as a way to understand how our minds and communities work. For more information, check them out at Geek Therapy on Twitter or geektherapy.org. Thank you all for listening, and remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.